ओके सो टुडे वी आर डूइंग कैंटो नाइन चैप्टर सिक्सटीन वन सेकेंड दिस पीपल वेन दे दे शुड जॉइन विन इन टाइम एंड दे आर नॉट सेंडिंग गॉड दिस इज टेरेबल वन सेकेंड दिस पीपल वाई डू दे डू दिस चिट्टी कैन यू सेंड कल्पना दी इनवाइट प्लीज आई ऑलरेडी सेंड टू एवरीबडी बट दे डोंट गो एंड चेकअप देयर गूगल प्लस प्लीज next time kindly check up the google plus the invites are already there inside so go go and check it all right just send to okay, so we are doing uh, chapter 16 it is lord parshuram destroys the ruling class that's the name all right sukhdev goswami said Have you sent? Sukhdev Goswami said, "My dear Par- Lord Parikshit, son of the Kuru dynasty, when Lord Parshuram had given the orders by his father, he immediately agreed, saying, 'Let it be so.' For one complete year, he travelled to holy places. Then he returned to his father's residence. Once when Renuka, the wife of wife of Jamdangini, went to the bank of the Ganga." to get water she saw the king of the gandharvas decorated with garlands of lotuses and sporting in the ganga with celestial women that is apsaras were you able to send just type it at the side no this is terrible she had gone to bring water from the ganga but when she saw the chitraratha the king of the gandharvas sporting with the celestial girls she was somewhat inclined towards him and failed to remember that the time for the fire sacrifice was passing later understanding that the time for offering the sacrifice had passed renuka feared a curse from her husband therefore when she returned she simply put the water pot before him and stood there with folded hands now we are starting a new story the story is about parshuram achiti have you sent it you have not written also yes or no so now what has happened is in the last chapter we we had done about parshuram now parshuram is one of the avatars of bhagwan vishnu or krishna himself so during that particular avatar what had happened was the hahaya king had become very unruly and out of hand so because he had gone out of hand and he had taken the kamdenu the cow from even Uh, parshuram's father so parshuram has to kill him so the the whole story is summed up like this but now there is a small diversion in the story it happens before the whole thing has happened so this is a story about parshuram and the way he used to live in this world and his association with his father and his mother it's an extremely important uh, part in this story which you should understand and listen what had happened was renuka was his mother now one day renuka had gone to the river and uh, when she was taking a bath at that time she saw the king of the gandharvas the gandharvas is one of the uh, domains like i told you of one of the heavens so gandharvas are those who dance and they sing and then they, they those are the art the people those who are the arty types so gandharva the king of the gandharvas was taking a bath with the apsaras apsaras is another creed another type of a species and they have their own heavens and they are there as celestial maidens who dance around and you know they are the entertainment value uh, these two are the having the entertainment value in the in the lord indra's court so these people were there 
So she sees both these over there in the river having a bath. Now what happens we will see. Later understanding that the time for offering the sacrifice had passed. There was a sacrifice which was to be done. Her husband was waiting for the sacrifice to happen. Who is Renuka's husband? So she forgets the time because she sees this king and the, and the celestial maidens over there. Renuka feared a curse from her husband. Therefore, when she returned, she simply put the water pot before him and stood there with folded hands. The great Jamdangini understood the adultery in the mind of his wife. Therefore, he was very angry and told his son, My dear son, kill this sinful woman. But the sons did not carry out his order. Actually, the story is abridged over here. The story goes like this. That she sees this particular king over there taking a bath. And unfortunately, he and his clansmen are also there. And they are very badly injured. And they, they, are, they are suffering from a very deadly form of a injury and a disease, a sort of a thing. Which, and then they go back to this place which is uh, one of the mountain places. Now, if you have seen the movie Bible and various other kind of films, you know, uh, from the... You will find that there is a place where these leprosy patients and others were kept in one corner of the cave somewhere. So, likewise, there is a place where these people are uh, staying. So, she goes over there and takes care of this king for a very long time. Now, what happens is... Jamdangini comes to know about what his wife is doing. So he calls his sons and then he tells his sons to go and bring their mother back and kill her. So that is the story which is abridged over here. It's put in very short form. So let us continue from where we are. So the great says Jamdangini understood the adultery in the mind of his wife. Therefore, he was very angry and told his son, My dear son, kill this sinful woman. But the sons did not carry out his order. That means, if you remember, there was a son uh, called Purrava and all that. All those three sons, they refused to do the father's order. They refused to carry out the father's order. But Parshuram is somebody who obeys the father's order. So, let us see what happens. Jamdangini then ordered his youngest son, Parshuram, to kill his brothers who had disobeyed his orders and his mother who had mentally committed adultery. Lord Parshuram, knowing the power of his father who had practiced meditation and austerity, killed his mother and brothers instantly. Jamdangani The son of Satyavati was very much pleased with Parshuram and asked him to take any benediction he liked. Lord Parshuram replied, Let my brother and mother live again and not remember having been killed by me. This is the benediction I ask. So, thereafter, by the benediction of Lord Jamdagini, Lord Parshuram's mother and brother immediately came alive and were very happy. As if awakened from a sound sleep, Lord Parshuram had killed his relatives in accordance with the father's order because he was fully aware of the father's powers, austerity and learning. Now, it's a very difficult lesson for anybody over here in this world to understand this. You know, first and foremost, why would a son want to kill his mother? or his own brothers for no rhyme or reason you will find you will try to you know ask this question because it seems like a stupid thing but that is not so i shall explain that to you once we come to the end my dear king parikshit the son of kartaviri arjun who were defeated by the superior strength of parshuram never achieved happiness for they always remembered killing of their father once when parshuram left the ashram for the forest with vasuman and his brothers the son of Kartavirya Arjun took the opportunity to approach Jamdang in his residence and to seek vengeance for their grudge. The sons of Kartavirya Arjun was determined to commit sinful deeds. Therefore, when they saw Jamdangini sitting in the side of the fire to perform yagya and meditating upon the supreme personality of Godhead, he who is praised by the best of selected prayers, they took the opportunity to kill him with pitiable prayers. Renuka, the mother of Parshuram and the wife of Jamdangini, begged for the life of husband. But the son of Kartavirya Arjun, being devoid of qualities of Kshatriya, were so cruel that despite their prayers, they forcibly cut off the head and took it away. 
lamenting on the in grief for the death of her husband the most chaste renuka struck her own body with her hands and cried loudly oh rama my dear son rama she is calling calling out to her own son parshuram Although the son of Jamdagini, including Lord Parshuram, were long distance from home, as soon as they heard Renuka's loudly calling, "O Rama, O my son," they hastily returned to the ashram, where they saw their father had already been killed. Virtually bewildered by grief, anger, indignation, affliction, and lamentation, the son of Jamdagini cried, "O father, most religious, saintly person, you have left us and gone to the heavenly planets." Thus lamenting. Lord Parshuram entrusted his father's dead body to the brother and personally took up his axe having decided to put an end to all the kshatriyas on the surface of this world so what happens is kartavirya arjun is the person who uh, parshuram has killed remember that's the story we did in the last chapter now in this chapter his father is killed by the sons of kartavirya arjun so what does he do he again picks up the axe and he goes around wanting to kill the children o king lord parshuram then went to mahishmati which is already doomed by the sinful killing of the brahmanas in the midst of that city he made a mountain of heads severed from the bodies of the son of kartavirya arjun with the bodies of these sons lord parshuram created a ghastly river which brought great fear to the king who had no respect for brahmanical culture because the kshatriyas the men of power in government were performing sinful activities lord parshuram on their plea of retaliating for the retaliating for the murder of the father rid all the kshatriyas from the face of the earth 21 times indeed in the place known as samantha pancha panchaka he created nine lakes filled with their blood thereafter parshuram joined the father's head to the dead body and placed the whole body and head upon kusa grass by offering sacrifices he began to worship lord vasudev who is the all pervading super soul of all the demigods and of all the living deities after completing the sacrifice lord parshuram gave the eastern direction to the hota as a gift the south to the brahmana brahma the west to the adharvayu the north to the udgata and the four corners north east southwest northwest and southwest to the other priests he gave the middle to kashyapa and the place known as aryavarta to the upadrasta wherever whatever remained he distributed among the sadhyasas the associate priest thereafter having completed the ritualistic sacrifice ceremonies lord parshuram took the bath known as avabhrata snana standing on the bank of the river great river saraswati cleared all the sins lord parshuram appeared like the sun in the clear cloudless sky thus Jamdagini being worshipped by Lord Parshuram was brought back to life with full remembrance and he became one of the seven sages in the group of seven stars so he becomes a saptarishi so you will find that all this has happened during the time after his father died he killed all the children of Jamdagini of of uh, um, Kartavirya Arjun made a pile of their heads and then all the blood became a river all this sounds so strange isn't it but we'll come to it so all this happened during that particular period in time after that he placed the head of his father on his body on the body and performed a yagya after performing the yagya his father was brought back to life and thereafter his father became one of the saptarishis that is the seven stars that there's the seven constellations that you see in the sky one of the constellation is his father called jamdagini okay the jamdagini being worshiped by lord parshuram was brought back to life with full remembrance and he became one of the seven sages in the group of seven stars my dear king parikshit in the next manavantara the lotus eyed personality of god at lord parshuram the son of jamdagini will be a great propounder of the vedic knowledge in other words he will be one of the seven sages so lord parshuram still lives as an intelligent brahmana in the mountainous country known as mahendra completely satisfied having given up all the weapons of a kshatriya he is always worshiped adored and offered prayers of his exalted character and activities by such celestial beings as the siddhas charanas and the gandharvas in this way the supreme soul the supreme personality of godhead the lord and the supreme controller descended as an incarnation of the bhrigu dynasty and release the universe from the burden of the undesirable king of by killing them many times vishwamitra the son of maharaj gadi 
was as powerful as the flame of fire. From the position of a Kshatriya, he achieved the position of a powerful Brahmana by undergoing penances and austerities. <laughs> now, both their stories are getting, getting intermingled, so we will just get a small glimpse of it again. O King Parikshit Vishwamitra had 101 sons, of whom the middle one was known as Madhuchanda. In relations to him, all the other sons were celebrated as Madhuchandas. Vishwamitra accepted the son of Ajigarta, known as Sunakshepa, which was born in the Brigu dynasty and was also known as Devarata, as one of his own sons. Vishwamitra ordered his other sons to accept Sunakshepa as their eldest brother. Sunakshepa's father sold Sunakshepa to be sacrificed as a man-animal in the yagya of King Harishchandra. When Sunakshepa was brought into the sacrificial arena, he prayed to the demigods for release and was released by from their mercy. Although Sunashepa was born in the Bhargava dynasty, Bhargava dynasty is a dynasty of Parshuram himself. He was greatly advanced in spiritual life and therefore the demigods involved in the sacrifice protected him. Consequently, he was also celebrated as a descendant of the Gadi named Devarata. So we have started another story over here. It's a small story. So we will see how it proceeds. Now you will you will try to wonder why is these stories interlinked. Now Vishwamitra was one of the friends, a very close friend of Jamdangini. And Parshuram is the person who was responsible for getting Vishwamitra out, you know, from the hands of a king who had uh, that is a king of the south, that is southern kingdom, Nagaloka. And he had imprisoned him. Why? Because Parshuram was in, uh, sorry, Vishwamitra was in love with his daughter, with the king's daughter. So it's a twisted story. And Parshuram was responsible for getting his release, getting uh, Vishwamitra married to that girl and so on and so forth. So that's another story. But uh, that story has been cut over here, so because it's an abridged version, it's a smaller version of the whole. So we will see now what happens to Vishwamitra in the future. Vishwamitra is already having 101 sons. And there is a middle son whose, whose name is now given to everybody. Plus he is also adopted one son whose name was Sunakshep. Sunakshep has been sold by his father, original father, for doing the sacrifice during Lord King Harishchandra's time. Okay? So, now let us see how this story proceeds. Though Sunashepa was born in the Bhargava dynasty, he was greatly advanced in spiritual life and therefore the demigods involved in the sacrifice protected him. Consequently, he was celebrated as a descendant of Gadi named Devarata. When requested by their father to accept Sunashepa as the eldest son, the elder 50 of the Madhuchandas, the son of Vishwamitra, did not agree. Therefore, Vishwamitra being angry cursed them. May all of you had bad sons become Mlechas. He said being opposed to the principle of Vedic culture. Mlechas basically means from the lower caste. They will, be, uh, they will eat all the non-veg in the world. They will become dark in color and you know all those kind of negative characteristics are there. So they are called Mlechas. Remember, Vishwamitra was married to this lady who came from the dynasty of what we call as a Rakshasgan, you know, from the lower end of India. So basically, the story is long enough. Over here, it is not getting covered. But just to give you an understanding, so 50% of her sons are born with dark skin. And they are basically uh, having the tendency of the Mlechas, as we say from the lower caste. When the elder Madhuchandas were cursed, the younger 50 along with Madhuchanda himself approached their father and agreed to accept his proposal. Dear father, we shall abide by whatever arrangements you like. Thus the younger Madhuchandas accepted Sunakshepa as their eldest brother and told him, We shall follow your orders. Vishwamitra then said to his obedient sons, Because you have accepted Sunakshepa as your eldest brother, I am very satisfied. By accepting our orders, my orders, you have made me a father of worthy sons. And therefore, I bless all of you to become the fathers of sons also. Vishwamitra said, 
O Koshikas, that is descendant of Kaushika, and this Devrata is my son and is one of you. Please obey the orders. O King Parikshit, Vishwamitra had many other sons such as Ashtaka, Harita, Jaya, Katuman. So, we have come to the end of the chapter over here. We have a last verse. Vishwamitra cursed some of his sons and blessed the others and he also adopted a son. Thus there were varieties in the Kaushika dynasty but among all the sons Devrata was considered to be the eldest. Now remember this is Shunakshepa. Shunakshepa is the person who was the mid, the son who was accepted from the 51 to the 101 people of Vishwamitra's sons. So Vishwamitra had 101 sons and he adopted one more. This one person was not accepted by the 1 to 50. Right? First son to 50th son, they did not accept him. So they were cursed to have children which will be Mlechas. And from 51 to 101, all the other children, they accepted him. And because they accepted him, so they have become, they will get children who will be now from a higher uh, caste. You know? So we have come to the end of this chapter. So in this variety in the Kaushika dynasty, but among the sons, Devrata was considered to be the eldest. The Devrata is the, the son who is Sunakshepa who was adopted from outside. Alright. So now we have come to the end of the chapter. So we will start chapter 17. Okay, so it's a small chapter. So let us see. This is chapter 17. The dynasties of the sons of Pururava. So again, like you know, last time you will get all who has come from there. <laughs> so, Sukhdev Goswami said, From Pururava came a son named Ayu, whose very powerful son was Nahusa, Shatravradha, Raji, Rabha and Anena. O Maharaj Parikshit, now hear about the dynasty of Shatravadha. Shatravadha's son was Suhotra, who had three sons named Kasya, Kusa, Gratsmada. Gratsmada became Sunaka and from him came Saunaka, the great saint, the, the best of the conversant with the Rig Veda. So, we are now breaking it down further and further. So, there is Saunaka and from Saunaka came Saunak. From Saunak came Saunaka Muni. Today I am going to finish slightly early. Huh? So, you will have to forgive me. The son of Kasya was Kasi. And the son was Rashtra. The father of Dighat, Dighat, Dirghatma. Dirghatma had a son named Dhanvantri. Who was the inaugurator of medical sciences. And an incarnation of Lord Vasudev. So now you know where Dhanvantri comes from. The enjoyer of the result of sacrifices. One who remembers the name of Dhanvantri can be released from all the diseases. Dhanvantri is the king of all the doctors, you know. <laughs> he is a doctor, god of doctors and all the people who cure people, you know, like that. The son of Dhanvantri was Ketuman and his son was Bhimaratha. The son of Bhimaratha was Divadasa and the son of Divadasa was Dhyuman and also known as Pratardhana. Dhyuman was also known as Satrujit. Vatsa, Ratadvaja and Kaushal Kuvalasya. From him was born Alarka and other sons. The Alarka, the son of Dhyuman, resigned reign on the earth for 66,000 years. And my dear King Parikshit, no one other than him has reigned over the earth for such a long time. As a young man, from Alarka came a son named Santati and from his son was Sunita. The son of Sunita was Niketana. The son of Niketana was Dhurmaketu. Dharma Ketu was Satya Ketu. O King Parikshit from Satya Ketu came a son named Drashta Ketu. And from Drashta Ketu came Sukumara, the emperor of the entire world. And from Sukumara came a son named Vitihotra. From Vitihotra, Bharga. And from Bharga, Bharga Bhumi. O Maharaj Parikshit, all these kings were descendants of Kashi. And they would be known as the descendants of Shatravadra. Uh, the son of Rabha was Rabhasa. From Rabhasa came Gambira. From Gambira came a son named Akriya. Son of Akriya was known as Brahmavid. 
O king, now hear about the descendants of Anina. From Anina came a son named Suddha, and from the son came Suchi. The son of Suchi was Dharmasharti, and also came Chitrar. From Chitrar was born a son named Santaraja, a self-realized soul who performed all kinds of Vedic ritualistic ceremonies and therefore did not beget any progeny. The son of Raji was 500 and all very powerful. On the request of the demigods, Raji killed the demons and thus returned the kingdom of the heaven to Lord Indra. I'm going over fast because this is this is just to give a lineage story, okay? But Indra, fearing such demons as Prahlada, returned to the king of heavens to Raji and surrendered himself to Raji's lotus feet. Upon Raji's death, Indra begged Raji's son for the return of the heavenly planet. They did not return it. However, although they agreed to return Indra's share in ritualistic ceremony. Therefore, thereafter, Brahaspati, the spiritual master of the demigods, offered oblations in the fire so that the sons of Raji would fall from moral principles. When they fell, Lord Indra killed them easily because of their degradation. Not a single one of them remained alive. From Kusa, the grandson of Shatravada was born a son named Prati. The son of Prati was Sanjaya and the son of Sanjaya was Jaya. Uh, Tatara, you will have to mute your this thing. The son of Prati was Sanjaya and the son of Sanjaya was Jaya. From Jaya, Krita was born and from Krita, King Haryabala. From Haryabala came a son named Sahadev. From Sahadev came Hina. The son of Hina was Jayasena. The son of Jayasena was Sankriti. The son of Sankriti was the powerful and the perfect expert fighter named Jaya. These kings were the members of the Shatravada dynasty. Now let me describe you the dynasty of Nahusa. So this brings us to the end of the chapter. So now I will go back to the other chapter and just give you a small brief understanding about it. First and foremost you will find that King Parshuram. I mean uh, Parshuram was one of the avatars of Sri Krishna. He came on this earth because of a particular problem that was happening that was related to the king of Hayayas. Now all these stories you have heard last time, last Saturday, also, last Sunday also and today also you are hearing. So again there was another story which came about today about what was the story? It was about the the son killing the mother and the brothers and then bringing them back to life by wishing for their rebirth. And then the meeting of Parshuram with Vishwamitra and so on and so forth. So we will try to understand what exactly has happened. Jamdangini, the father of Parshuram. Now before this whole story starts, let us let me give you a small background about these stories. Now what had happened was the king of Hayayas was one of the great devotees of Dattatre. Now Dattatre being pleased with the king of Hayayas, he grants him a wish wherein the king is able to fight with thousands of his hands. And that is the kind of job that he could do. I described you that it is already called an ambition. Ambition or aspirations, you know, we have these great aspirations. I want to do this, I want to do that. So an ambition is what is described over here. And the ambition is such that it can, it crosses all bounds the moment you start achieving one after the other certain things. Now let us say that if you come first in something, you want to come first in another thing and then another thing and then another thing and then another thing. So you want to become one of the greatest people of all times. You want to excel in literally everything. So you will find that whether you take a human being or a company, both of them are the same. So there are these Olympic champions who don't want to stop at 100 meters. They want to do 200, they want to do 1000, they want to do so many other things and they want to achieve so many gold medals and so on and so forth. Likewise, companies are there in this world. They are not happy with one product. They want 100 products, they want 1000 products and they want to be leaders in everything. This is the great aspirations or ambition that everybody has. And the king of Hayayas, which is called Kritavarya Arjun, his name is Arjun by the way, is very famous. So he is called Kritavarya Arjun. And this person, 
he goes to the gods and he says give me thousand hands give me so many hands that means i want so many caps you know caps i want to do this i want to do that i want to do that i want to do that so when he goes to the master dattatreya dattatreya says fine i will grant you that but there is always a catch and the catch is this that you cannot have these kind of ambitions and not get destroyed because you are finally destructible isn't it there is always a birth and then there is a death so you will find that the the death always has to happen so he gives him a, a, a sort of a boon where he says see when you are going to your stars when you are reaching the highest point in your life you need to be brought down and i will be born at that point in time so that i can kill you and so the king of hayayas has to be killed so parshuram is born so it is dattatreya who takes birth as parshuram in the womb of renuka and the father is jamdangini so parshuram is born and one of the stories that is there where parshuram is supposed to kill his mother this is called duty now duty is towards your caste your creed your religion your father your mother are very very important you have to perform them whether you like it or not it is like you are born in india you have to serve india isn't it can you go and say uh, long live pakistan or long live some other country i'm sorry you will not even say that please understand that if you are born in india india becomes your motherland isn't it so you are going to be faithful to that country so when there might be a war you will have to side with india though india might be in the wrong india might be in the wrong but still you will have to side with india isn't it that is called duty towards the country likewise in the same way your mother and father are there they might be wrong but as a duty you have to be with them is because of the womb that you are born from you are supposed to follow that particular track there are no two ways about it so this is extremely important you have to know this so whether it's your country whether it's your parents whether it's your caste whether it's your religion or whatever we all have to follow that so you will follow that kartavirya arjun's children also they don't care whether their father has done anything wrong or right the wrong and the right are the things which are there in the material world in the spiritual world there is nothing right or wrong in this world okay so let us see what happens so the moment jamdangini's wife that is renuka she looks at the gandharva king and she takes care of him now the duty was towards her husband and towards what she is doing so naturally when this happens parshuram is told to kill his mother so he does it out of duty you are duty bound you know that you will find that today many people they don't care whether it is right or wrong they don't care whether it is right or wrong if they are doing something they are doing for their particular community look at the middle east what is happening people are chopping off head of people without any qualms they are chopping off hands and legs and throwing people from top of the building without any qualms have you noticed it the people in america they are fighting for the rights of whites and there are people who are fighting for black rights according to them that is the duty so those who are fighting for their rights supposedly are fighting for their duties they don't care whether it is right or wrong they are just doing it because it is association with that particular community caste creed religion parents whatever 
so it is an association which brings about this kind of a thing and in the material world this is very much a, a phenomena which you have to see so when parshuram is told this is the thing that he is supposed to do without any qualms he goes and cuts off his mother's head and then his father is pleased and he says okay fine i grant you something so he says can you give bring back my mother and my brothers back to life and they should not remember what has happened because it is not right that the son uh, they will remember that the son is the one who cut off their head <laughs> so that is the reason why he says can you please grant me this much also it's extremely important that they have to be granted this so that is the case and once that is over jamdangini's head is also chopped off by the sons of kartavirya arjun now this is something which you should know jamdangini is one of the proponents of the vedas and the shastras is one of the great information or knowledge bases he forms one of the seven saptarishis that is one of the constellations that is there in the sky he is he forms that and it is said that it is very very important that he continues in this yuga and the continuation happens on a continuous basis that is uh, don't, don't do that city uh, you put something draw or something came out <laughs> okay so this is exactly the reason why we are not supposed to come in the way of this destiny the destiny formation that is there so jamdagini is brought back to life now there is a creation of a river you remember there was a river creation by all the think think about it all the blood was flowing and all that and it is mentioned over there it's called the mahindra mountain you remember these are the names which were mentioned do you know which is uh, which is called the river of sorrow yangzi kiang or as they call it the yellow river and the yellow river originates in the himalayas at the foot hills of the himalayas and it flows through the entire china and that is the river called the river of sorrow it brings down the entire you know villages right round from top to bottom and this is one of the most important things which you should know that imagine a rivers association with our history there was only one king who lived for 30 years in the chinese one of the dynasties who was able to try to divert the river yellow river but even today nobody is able to do so if you ever go to beijing you will find that this king had made a 10 foot tall you know mountain of jade it's a mountain of jade which is there in the museum over there in which he has shown the finer techniques that he is involved in diverting the river and how you could save yourself he has the whole mountain is drawn over then it is chipped out of one huge jade rock it's a very beautiful jade rock which you should see any time if you go to china so coming back to our story so the river is called the river of sorrow and this is the river where all the heads of all these hayaya kings have been thrown this is how the story goes so what does it mean and then parshuram has to go 21 times and kill all the kshatriyas even in our world today this story has a lot of relevance you will find that there are those corporate heads in this world who want to take over companies and want to become bigger and greater and so many things that they want in their world finally what we say as the power of the lord in the form of parshuram brings everyone back to earth 
all of them are killed you will find that there are companies which buy out larger corporations and then they buy out more and more companies and then they buy more and more stuff they are finally brought down to earth and this is how the whole thing is going to be in the future as well you will find that even in the future any anybody any human being or any person on this planet earth tries to rise higher and higher he will be brought down by this never ending or an eternal being called parshuram so parshuram is an eternal being he still lives in the mountains of mahendra mountains which is called when the what we say as the himalayas i know uh, <laughs> you may wonder you know how can a person live for so many years of course he and he also has another avatar which is called dattatreya and whenever there is something like this happening in this material world he comes down and he brings the holding thing back down to earth so it's a story but there is some truth in it all right so coming back to the current story where you will find that everything that has happened in this material world is now having a small flow now how does the flow happen so we came to this chapter where you find that there is one son who gives birth to another son and gives birth to another son and so on and so forth and we have come to this new chapter which is called king yayati regains his youth so we will start it we may not end it today but let us see so king yayati regains his youth this is chapter 18 sukhdev goswami said o king parikshit as the embodied soul had six senses king nahusa had six sons named yati yayati samayati ayati viyati and kriti in the beginning only they have given you an idea about it what are the six senses six senses are 1 2 3 4 5 and the sixth one is called the mind by the way you know the five senses but the sixth one is called the mind so like that there is a king who has six sons when one enters the post of the king or head of the government one cannot understand the meaning of self realization knowing this yati the eldest son of nahusa did not accept the power of the rule although it was offered by his father because nahusa the father of yayati molested indra's wife sachi and then accompanied the to agas complained to agasya and other brahmanas these saintly brahmanas cursed nahusa to fall from the heavenly planets and be degraded to the state status of a python consequently yayati became the king king yayati had four younger brothers whom he allowed to rule the four directions yayati himself married devayani the daughter of shukracharya and sharmishta the daughter of rashaparva and ruled the entire earth so you will find that now the story has begun where there were six senses and the father goes and rapes indra's daughter indra's wife sachi and so all the dev rishis and everybody they get very angry and they curse him to become a python all right on one side and on the other side the eldest son is now supposed to rule the entire kingdom so yayati is now become the king now he is married two women one is the daughter of shukracharya and her name is devayani and the second one is sharmishta that is the daughter of rashaparva so these are the two wives that he gets now if you see if you have seen the past stories shukracharya is connected to the is the master of all the negations in the world all the negatives in the world that is what we call as rakshasas or those rakshas you know everybody from that demonic nature they have demonic nature they have their own teacher and that teacher is shukracharya so on one side there is a negative and on the other side there is a positive so he is married this to maharaj parikshit said shukracharya was very powerful brahmana 
and Maharaj Yayati was a Kshatriya. Therefore, I am curious to know how there occurred the Pratiloma marriage between a Kshatriya and a Brahmana. Pratiloma is Prati. Basically, it is a cross. A Kshatriya cannot marry a Brahmana and a Brahmana cannot marry a Kshatriya. It's like that. So, it is called Pratiloma and Anuloma, which basically is from the same cart or from a cross. So, Sukhdev Goswami said, One day, Rishaparva's daughter Sharmishta, who was innocent but angry by nature, was walking with Devayani, the daughter of Shukracharya, and with thousands of friends in the palace gardens. The garden was full of lotuses and trees of flowers and fruits and was inhabited by sweetly singing birds and bumblebees. When the younger lotus-eyed girl came to the bank of the reservoir of water, they wanted to enjoy by bathing. Thus they left their clothing on the bank and began sporting, throwing water on one another. While sporting in the water, the girl suddenly saw Lord Shiva passing by, seated on the back of the bull with his wife Parvati. Ashamed because they were naked, the girls quickly got out of the water and covered themselves with the garments. Sharmishta unknowingly put Devayani's dress on her own body, thus angering Devayani who then spoke as follows. Oh, just see the activities of the servant maid Sharmishta. Disregarding all etiquette, she has put on my dress just like a dog snatching clarified butter meant for the use in sacrifice. So, Shukracharya's daughter, she says some derogatory words to Sharmishta. We among the qualified Brahmanas who are accepted as the face of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Brahmanas have created the entire universe by their austerity and they always keep the absolute truth within the core of their hearts. They have directed the path of good fortune, the path of Vedic civilization and because they are the only worshipable objects within this world, they are offered prayers and worshipped even by the great demigods, the directors of the various planets and even by the Supreme Personality of Godhead the super soul, the supreme purifier, the husband of the goddess of fortune and we are even more respectable because we are in the dynasty of the Brigo. Yet although the woman's father being among the demons is our disciple, she has put on my dress exactly like a Shudra taking charge of Vedic knowledge. So she is very very acerbic to her saying that what do you think of yourself? See all these Brahmanas that are there they are the ones who created this world. They are the ones who have done everything in this material world. And look at you. You are a daughter of a, a, a lower caste person and you have worn my dress. How could you do that? Sukhdev Goswami said. When thus rebuked in the cruel words, Sharmishta was very angry. Breathing heavily like a serpent and biting her lower lips with her teeth, she spoke to the daughter of Shukracharya as follows. You beggar. Since you don't understand your position, why should you unnecessarily talk so much? Don't all of you wait on our houses depending on us for your livelihood like like crows? So the other woman is also not silent. She says, who the hell do you think you are? You know, when we perform the sacrifices, you are the ones who come and beg at our feet, isn't it? You know, all the Brahmanas, they have to go to the Kshatriya's places because Kshatriyas are performing all the yagyas and all the activities. So she says to her, See, you people come to our houses. Using such unkind words, Sharmishta rebuked Devayani, the daughter of Shukracharya. In anger, she took away Devayani's garment and threw Devayani into the well. After throwing Devayani into the well, Sharmishta went home. Meanwhile, King Yayati, while engaged in hunting excursion, went to the well to drink water and by chance saw Devayani. Seeing Devayani naked in the well, King Yayati immediately gave her his upper cloth. Being very kind to her, he caught her hand with his own and lifted her out. With words saturated with love and affection, Devayani said to King Yayati, O great hero, O king, conqueror of the cities of your enemies, by accepting my hand, you have accepted me as your married wife. Let me not be touched by others, for our relationship as husband and wife has been made possible by providence, not by any human being. Now don't look like that. <laughs> that is how, basically how it is supposed to be. Because of falling into the well, I met you. Indeed, this has been arranged by providence. 
After I curse Kacha, the son of the learned scholar Brahaspati, he cursed me by saying that I would not have a Brahmana for a husband. Therefore, O mighty armed one, there is no possibility of my becoming the wife of a Brahmana. So there is a previous story to that. <laughs> so there, there is a story where she has been cursed in a previous life by another person who says that in your next life you will not have a Brahmana as your husband. Very twisted stories, no? Hmm. Sukhdeva Goswami continued, because such a marriage is not sanctioned by regular scriptures, King Yayati did not like it. But because it was arranged by providence and because he was attracted to Deva and his beauty, he accepted a request. Thereafter, when the learned king returned to his palace, Devayani returned home crying and told her father Shukracharya all about that had happened because of Sharmishta. She told how she had been thrown into the well but was saved by the king. Shukracharya listened to what had happened to Devayani. His mind was very much aggrieved. Condemning the profession of priesthood and praising the profession of Unchavritti, that is collecting grains from the fields, he left home with his daughter. King Vrishaparva understood that Shukracharya was coming to chastise or curse him. Consequently, before Shukracharya came to his house, Vrishaparva went out and fell down in the street at the feet of his guru and satisfied him, checking his wrath. The powerful Shukracharya was angry for a few moments, but upon being satisfied, he said to Vrishaparva, My dear king, kindly fulfill the desire of Devyani, for she is my daughter and in this world I cannot give her up or neglect her. After, after hearing Shukracharya's request, Vrishaparva agreed to fulfill Devayani's desire and he awaited her words. Devayani then expressed her desire as follows. Whenever I marry by the order of my father, my friend Sharmishta must go with me as my maid servant along with her friends. <laughs> so, if whenever she gets married, okay, Vrishaparva is the father of Sharmishta. So Sharmishta is supposed to go behind her as one of her dasis. Vrishaparva wisely thought that Shukracharya's displeasure would bring dot his danger and his pleasure would bring about material gain. Therefore, he carried out Shukracharya's order and served him like a slave. He gave his daughter Sharmishta to Devyani and Sharmishta served Devyani like a slave along with thousands of other women. Whenever Shukracharya gave Devyani in marriage to Yayati, he had Sharmishta go with her. But he warned the king, My dear king, never allow this girl Sharmishta to lie with you in your bed. So don't go and have any relationship with the <laughs> with the slave. <laughs> o King Parikshit, upon seeing Devyani with the nice sons, Sharmishta once approached King Yayati at an appropriate time for conception. In the secluded place, she requested the king, the husband of her friend Devyani, to enable her to have a son also. When King Sharmishta, when Princess Sharmishta begged King Yayati for a son, the king was certainly aware of the principles of religion and therefore he agreed to fulfill her desires. Although he remembered the warning of Shukracharya, he thought of this union as a desire for the Supreme and thus he had sex with Sharmishta. <laughs> Devyani gave birth to Yadu and Turvasu and Sharmishta gave birth to Duryu, Anu and Puru. There is a reason why this has happened by the way. You remember the words of of uh, the great uh, girl, you know, basically uh, the daughter of Shukracharya Devyani. You remember her words. She said, it is by destiny that I have been thrown into the well. It is by destiny that you have caught hold of my hands and now you are, now you are my, uh, you know, you are the one who should, whom I should get married to. So all this is basically written down in such a way so that everything follows a particular track. Now I don't know whether you actually understood the meaning of the words when I said these words. Devyani gave birth to Yadu and Turvasu and Sharmishta gave birth to Druyu and Puru. It's the creation of the two dynasties. 
Yadu dynasty and the Puru. So that is how it began. So anyway, we will come to it when we come further and further. And that time you will want to know, you know how did this happen. So now you know. So you know the story of Yayati. You know the story of Devayani and Sharmishta also. When the proud Devayani understood from outside sources that Sharmishta was pregnant by her husband, she was frenzied with anger. Thus she departed to her father's house. King Yayati, who was very lusty, followed his wife, caught her and tried to appease her by speaking pleasing words and massaging her feet. But he could not satisfy her by any means. <laughs> Shukracharya was extremely angry. You untruthful fool! Lusting after woman, you have done a great wrong, he said. I therefore curse you to be attacked and disfigured by old age and invalidity. King Yayati said, O learned worshipable Brahmana, I have not yet satisfied my lusty desires with your daughter. <laughs> Shukracharya then replied, You may exchange your old age with someone who will agree to transfer his youth to you. When Yayati received this benediction from Shukracharya, he requested his elder son, My dear son Yadu, please give me your youth in exchange for my old age and invalidity. So Yadu is going to take over. My dear son, I am not yet satisfied my sexual desires. But if you are kind to me, you can take my old age given by your maternal grandfather and my take your youth and I may take your youth so that I may enjoy a few more years of my life. Yadu replied, My dear father, you have already achieved old age, although you are also a young man. But I do not welcome your old age and invalidity. But unless one enjoys material happiness, one cannot enjoy renunciation. This is as per the Vedas, you know. You have to go through all the ashramas. Then only you can go to the, the second last one and then the last one. Remember, Grahastha ashram and all that. Then you finally go to Vanaprastha ashram. Okay, like that. So King Mahar- O Maharaj Parikshit, Yayati similarly requested his son Turvasu, Duryu and Anyu to exchange the youth for the old age. But because they were un- unaware of the religious principles, they thought that this flickering youth was eternal and therefore they refused to carry out their father's order. King Yayati then requested Puru, who was younger than these three brothers but more qualified. My dear son, do not be disobedient like your elder brothers. For this is your only, not only your duty. It's, it's, it's only, this is not your duty. Puru replied, O oh, your majesty, who in this world can repay his debt to his father? By the mercy of one's father, one gets the human form of life, which can enable one to become an associate of the Supreme Lord. A son who acts by anticipating that what his father wants him to do is first class. One who acts upon receiving his father's order is second class. And one who executes the father's order irreverently is the third class. But a son who refuses his father's order is like a father's stool. So, this is the same story which has been basically there in Ramakrishna Paramahansa's, you know, uh, one of the stories that have come up, where he talks about a doctor. And how there are three kinds of um, medications which the doctor gives. Similarly, he is given the story of how you are supposed to anticipate first. Anticipate means come to know before anything has happened. That is the highest class. Second is when you are told, no, do this and you do it. That is the number two. The number three is the person who is who is forced to do it, you know. See, you have to do it, you have to do it, you have to do it, you have to do it. When he is told a thousand times and then he does it. That is the third type. And then the fourth type, even after telling a thousand times or a million times also, the person doesn't do. So there are four kind of people in this world. So, the king is describing how these four type of people are. Sukhdev Goswami said in this way, O Maharaj Parikshit, the son named Puru was very much pleased to accept the old age of his father Yayati, who took the youth of his son and enjoyed the material world as required. Thereafter, King Yayati became the ruler of the entire world, consisting of seven islands, 
and rule the king's citizens exactly like the father. Because he had taken the youth of his son, his senses were unimpaired and he enjoyed as much material happiness as desired. In secluded places engaging his mind, words, body and various paraphernalia, Devyani, his dear wife of Maharaj Yayati, always brought her husband the greatest possible transcendental bliss. King Yayati performed various sacrifices in which he offered abundant gift to the Brahmanas to satisfy the Supreme Lord Hari, who is the reservoir of all demigods and the object of all the Vedic knowledge. The Supreme Lord Vasudeva, who created the cosmic manifestation, exhibit himself as all-pervading like the sky and holds clouds. And when the creation is unannihilated, everything enters into the Supreme Lord Vishnu and varieties are no longer manifested. Without material desire, Maharaj Yayati worshipped the Supreme Lord who is situated in everyone's heart as Narayana and is invisible to materialize, although existing everywhere. Although Maharaj Yayati was the king of the entire world and he engaged in the mind and five senses in enjoying material possessions for 1000 years, he was unable to be satisfied. So we will end this chapter here today and we will start the next chapter tomorrow. But before I start the next chapter tomorrow, I shall give you a brief explanation because I know when you heard all these stories about Yayati and what happened and I know all your eyebrows were going up and all of you were getting very upset. How can somebody do like this and all that? Yes, I understand all that. So what we will do is, the next time tomorrow when we meet, I shall give you a clear indication of how this has happened. Alright?